All Things Unexplained, hosted by Dr. Mounts. Let's face it, we were always ready to roll without him anyway. <laughs> CJ Derringer. Ain't nobody perfect, right? And Smitty Neves. I've never planned out hardly anything my whole life. I just free ball. Featuring Cajun Man. I'm just old nobody, somebody looking for somebody. Previously on All Things Unexplained. I got my camera, got my car. I was a reserve deputy here at the time, and I had a radio with the car, and I got that car and followed him. He, would, he wouldn't go back out there. He stopped about a mile and a half, two miles this side of it, and that's as far as he'd go. It had sure kingdom. And now, a very brief history of UFOs continues. The 1980s. Very brief history of UFO, folks. CJ, get ready. On to my favorite decade. The decade of excess. The 80s. (laughs) Mount St. Helens blew up. Took some Bigfoots out with it. Rubik's Cube was invented. I solved it. Smitty did not. I was already working a full-time <laughs> job. I was like five years old. I was working. Uh, Video games came DJ out. was born. That's not... That cannot be true. Video games came out. <laughs> I was dominating some Atari. Figured out the Pac-Man... Code, Beat Frogger, cable news channels came out. Wow, your personal life must have been great. It was the 80s, okay. (laughs) (laughs) He was too busy watching Star Trek. (laughs) And speaking of being made fun of, Flora goes quiet. Now, I wonder why that would be. What was it like in town after that? Well, well I don't know. It wasn't, you know, most of the folks making fun, don't you? I can sympathize with what Mr. Billy just said, as I myself have to endure the scorn of my co-host about <laughs> the 80s and... As it were, Flora, hey, you didn't want to be talking about your UFO encounters in the 80s if you lived in Florida. Got another clip here from Dr. Heineck. He tells us just a little bit about his history with Project Blue Book. This is from YouTube user Sergio Sousa. Well, it was as an astronomer that I first became associated with the UFO problem. In 1948, the Air Force asked me as an astronomer to assist them in seeing how many of the reports on flying saucers that were coming in at that time could be explained astronomically. And one thing led to another and I became scientific consultant to the Air Force and remained so for some 20 years. I started almost 
as a complete skeptic, because I thought the whole thing was a question of post-war nerves, but it was the persistence of the phenomenon, it refused to dry up and blow away, that finally led me to the belief that we had a real phenomenon to deal with. And obviously, like he said, it was the persistence of the phenomena. Not only was the government trying to shut people up, but they were probably playing into the hysteria, the making fun of people with the flying saucers, this whole situation, to try to shut people up, the CIA intimidating people, the men in black. And, of course, at some point in the 80s, the deputy who had this experience with Mr. Bill in the 70s, he actually say, said to a news station that he made this story up. I noticed where the one of the men that spotted it uh, told the news that they had made the story up. And uh, do you that think that him. right? Do you do you think he was pressured into saying that by somebody? No, sir. It was no. He he wasn't pressured into it. It was fact. It was a ridicule that people. He got from the people is the reason he said it. He finally said it. That just keep them off of it. And to me, I find that very plausible. You know that the sheriff just honestly suffered so so much attention and so much scorn and so much ridicule, and maybe he did get some intimidation from the CIA and other sources. At some point, he probably just cracked and said, "Hey, I made this up." Yeah, that definitely seems like a possibility. I know that if I saw something and was claiming to have seen it and then everybody in the town came down on me for it, I might back out of it too. Yep. And if you... no good was coming from seeing it. Right. Absolutely. And at some point in the 80s, George Knapp with a, a TV station, we brought this up earlier, he interviewed someone who was willing to come forward and remain anonymous and talk about his work at a, inst at a facility called S4, South Area 51 that we talked about. This man, of course, became recognized to be Bob Lazar. He said he was reverse engineering alien technology in 1989. He said that the propulsion system of these craft relied on a stable isotope of element 115, which later, of course, turned out to be true as far as element 115's ability to be synthesized as a stable isotope and that the crafts generated gravity waves that allowed them to fly and to evade visual detection by bending light around them. Interestingly enough, Mr. Billy told us about a similar conversation with Dr. Heineck 20, some 22 years prior to this revelation by Bob Lazar. He called the next morning. I was in the sheriff's office, and the sheriff answered, and he said, just a minute, but I'm going to let you talk to this fellow here. He was out there, and he handed me the phone with a doctor behind And he's a scientist, and, and he studies these things, the, uh, or not one that's connected with them. And he asked me, started asking me questions. He said, are you... Are y'all around an atomic plant? I said, no, sir. He said, a military base. I said, no, sir. I said, we're in the country. I said, we're 
we're 20 miles from Jackson, and there's no no city. We're a small town. And he said, well, our theory is that these things, that, that magnetic lines come to Earth, just like radio waves. And he said that uh, our theory is that these things guide down on these lines to that point. And he said, what they do then out there, we don't know. And he said, we we know that from what we found out all over the world, that they have somehow got the technology to harness uh, gravity. And I just thought this was fascinating. 22 years earlier, Dr. Heineck reveals to Mr. Billy his theory that the UFOs are harnessing gravity. 1989, Bob Lazar tells the whole world about it. Well, I tell you what, we certainly did make some uh, gigantic leaps in technology since... And Mr. Billy and I both agreed. We sure took a lot of steps forward. The 1990s. Here's the 90s, folks. (laughs) Finally, CJ can talk about her favorite decade (laughs) (laughs) and sure enough we had the internet maybe the downfall of all of society invented the internet but still quite possibly exactly quite quite an amazing advancement for sure and and probably i guess the most significant of the 90s and mr billy had us a little bit more to tell us about why folks just weren't talking about this. The man now that spotted it won't talk to nobody about it. Now, he'll talk to me about it, and he's told me he's seen it since, but he won't tell nobody else. The deputy told me afterwards he's, he'll talk to me any time, but he won't talk to nobody else. If I got somebody with me, he won't answer. And he's told me it that he still sees not in, not close but he still sees what we just call the light. The two thousands. We roll right <laughs> in, <laughs> right into the two thousands. And in two thousands, right on the heels of the internet comes Something that even to this day Smitty doesn't have an iPhone, which comes out whatever two thousand. We got an iPhone. Two thousand and seven. Hey, if the BlackBerry is still working, you know, it's still doing it for you. Flip. We forgot to talk about CJ's obsession with new kids on the block. So. Oh yeah, that was. Oh, you know, I hate to break this to you, I was too young for new kids on the block. Oh hush. Womp, womp. I really was. I was not of the new kids on the block. What do they call it? NKT, NKOTV. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Ass bounce. I think he had that T-shirt. <laughs> Just because I was hanging tough doesn't mean I was listening to new kids on the block. Okay. Oh 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 oh. Oh, it sounds like you guys are more new kids on the block than I was. Uh, we listened to the radio because that's all we had. Either that or cassette tapes. Yeah, or uh, each other. 
Radio it is. So, Smitty used to think that, you know, Millie Vanilli was kind of a big hit. He used to think we could we should start our own little uh, dynamic duo there, but I, I told him that was not a good idea. <laughs> no, because you couldn't even lip sync correctly, much less sing. <laughs> Girl, you know that's not true. And right after the iPhone, of course, Mr. Billy had a brilliant observation about... Uh, Cell phones and people. Eighty percent of the people don't don't ever look up. These yeah, kids I, walk by and grown ups walk by my house all the time exercising. And guess what? Most of them have got a cell phone stuck in front of them. Not only that, but y'all remember just a little while ago we talked about Bob Lazar telling us about the portholes in the craft, and Mr. Billy said around two thousand. Now, one time since, I've seen another craft that tailed me to the side down the highway coming across 433. Uh, that's been 20 years ago, and I can see the portholes in it. Year 2000, Mr. Billy can see the portholes, just like Bob Lazar described them as portholes. Anybody that sees this will know it's not a craft that we own. And, of course, Mr. Billy, with military experience, he it was of his opinion that this certainly was not anything the United States was operating. And of course, in 2000s, we have lots of military videos starting to come to light. Tons of new television shows and documentaries. One of them right now is called Unidentified. It has a, a former Defense Department official that runs that show. Has either of y'all seen that? Uh, no. No. If it's not on PBS Kids, I haven't seen it. It actually comes on right after Daniel Tiger. It's called Unidentified. <laughs> and so you're in luck. You just need to stay on a little bit later than Prince Wednesday. And, <laughs> you know, they actually list these criteria they've got for what makes a valid UFO encounter today. And one of the things was that witnesses described them as pulsating. And Mr. Billy... He actually described UFOs as pulsating even all the way back into the 50s when he was seeing them. I believe we've got a little bit of a clip about how he described them. Kind of a metallic blue look, and it didn't have the bright lights on it that you see off of the distance. And when you see it off of the distance, when I first saw it, and I've seen it since, it had red, orange, green, and blue as the as lights, and they kind of, they don't blink, they pulsate. You know, the difference between blinking is like an airplane, if you see a light blinking, that's an airplane. Right. But if you see one pulsating, that's getting lighter and dimmer. Yes, sir. Then that's the kind of light they got on. And I have to tell you that, you know, Mr. Billy told us that when we interviewed him. And then at some point after, I was watching this new episode of the show, Unidentified. And they have listed this as one of the major criteria of what makes a valid UFO sighting. Is that the, the sighting is pulsating as opposed to blinking and mr billy was having this observation about craft all the way back into the 50s and i thought to me that that was a staggering revelation that mr billy had described it in that way and then here i am watching it on this new television series and of course that has been our very brief history of the UFOs. 
Depends on your definition of brief, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we, I'm, I'm just I barely. Guess there's a lot to cover. We did cover approximately, to be fair, twelve thousand years. <laughs> Minimum, more, possibly Minimum. more, more like millions of years. Millions of years. I recall yeah. it starting with the dinosaurs. <laughs> Hard to do that in a brief history. Exactly, and you know, I forgot to mention that another major thing. I've actually brought this up earlier. Was that in 2017, Neil deGrasse Tyson wrote Astrophysics for People in a Hurry, kind of like CJ. And Smitty. <laughs> and what? In a... I did read the book and I loved it. I loved it. Well, and you know what? what? Book? Oh. Astrophysics. I better turn the music back on. Astrophysics for people uh, in a hurry, Smitty. Well, I am never reading that book, but anyhow, go ahead. What? No, it's actually really good. It's very beautifully written and very poetic, even though it's highly scientific as well. I would highly recommend it. I read about 70 books a year, but that just doesn't seem to be on my reading list. So. What? How is that possible? i tell you, a good book is uh, The World's Largest Man. That was a really good book. Oh, my gosh. Before about we get to too askew here on other book recommendations besides the ones by your host <clears throat> <laughs> oh yes also one of the best books i read last year is um let's play tennis by dr mounts a modern day classic <laughs> is what it has been described as <laughs> it is quite it is quite fun you're a regular charles dickens great universe out there a near star is what Alpha Centaur right and that's to get there it's two light years that's traveling at 186,000 miles a second yes get sir there. And out of out of curiosity here last year I just googled how it, you know I space I fastest rockets about 20,000 miles an hour and I said you know we're fool to think that we're going to ever get to space. And so I Google, at 20,000 miles an hour, how long would it get to our nearest solar system? Or star system? It's 85,000 years. I thought that was a pretty deep insight and intelligent conversation about Mr. Billy on astrophysics as opposed to Smitty there. Whatever. You turned, you turned off his um, lullaby music, so now we can't oh, fall yeah. asleep. Yeah, I trust me. Until, until Smitty reaches the moon. Oh, here we go. Oh, there I, it is. You know, I Neil can definitely fall asleep with that, with or without music. So. <laughs> you know, Smitty was talking about UFOs in the Bible. Neil deGrasse. <laughs> Neil deGrasse, Ty DeGrasse Tyson. Famous dictum. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. So, best thing, just drag the alien into Times Square. 
and you'll be rich and famous overnight. You don't have to argue with me. I'm not stopping you. Go ahead. This clearly has got to be, you know, our next goal uh, objective here as a group, you know, myself, Smitty, and CJ. Let's just drag them into town square. <laughs> Get the alien. We, uh, our very brief history of UFOs will wrap up. Well, folks, it's been fun tonight. That's been our very brief history of UFOs. Before I let Mr. Billy take us out, that was Neil deGrasse Tyson before him on, on how to prove aliens exist. To take us out, I'm going to let Mr. Billy do that. Here he is. Good night, everybody. What would be your speculation for what you're seeing? An alien spacecraft. This has been All Things Unexplained. Hey, listeners. I wanted to take a moment and tell you a bit about a business that we have encountered on some of our adventures over the past few months. In a time when it feels like there's so much stress and uncertainty in our world, Scrub Out Cancer is still trying to do good for others. Scrub Out Cancer is a small charity-based business that offers bath and spa products for sale through www.scrubaoutcancer.com. I just love their business concept because the more products they sell, the more they donate to cancer patients, their families, and their healthcare providers. As if that concept alone wasn't enough, these are some of the most creative and fun products that I have ever seen. We here at All Things Unexplained got our hands on some of the Yeti soaps to test out, and I cannot get over how wonderful they are. Not only are they a work of art, but they smell so incredibly delicious. In fact, my two-year-old keeps sneaking into my bathroom to try and eat mine because they look and smell that amazing. In addition to the Yeti line and some other super cheerful soaps that they make, they also make artisan soaps, lip products, body and spa products, and liquid soaps. Each soap is handcrafted and seriously a delight. If you want to bring some joy to someone in need right now, or just need to scrub 2020 off of you, head to scrubaoutcancer.com to order some. Be sure to use the promo code YETI10 to receive 10% off your entire order. That's Y-E-T-I-1-0. That code is valid through December 31st. Let's all scrub out cancer together. Yep, we've I'm got some... To go to sleep. Oh, come on now. It's not even the witching hour. Well, it's the go to sleep hour. And it's almost house. October. Well... <laughs>